Good evening, ghouls and fiends. You know I hit, I forgot to hit record again. Honestly, I was prepared like well ahead of time for this show, about half an hour before it went live, and I was like, oh, twiddling my thumbs, I'm pretty much prepared. I still forget to hit record every damn time. Gruff, yes, and I've only just noticed your thing saying hit record. It's fine. That's what I've done the intro again. I can put the Stranger Things music in. Not Stranger Things, I'm intro of horror music. Um, and knock out the start. It's fine. Something always goes wrong. <laughs> but, you know, we've had worse things. We've had worse technical issues uh, go wrong. Um, so thank you for joining me. If you're watching this on the live stream, if you're listening to this on the podcast feeds, thank you very much. Uh, be sure to give a subscribe, a follow, five-star review, all that good stuff. And if you're watching the YouTube channel, uh, please give the uh, MOS Network a subscribe. Uh, give the give the show a like if you will we now have memberships as we're youtube partnered so there's a number of different tiers of how you can support the show they unlock some cool things uh before we go any further the chat is popping off we've got uh, a lot of quotes uh, about this evening's main discussion we'll get to that later on but i love it keep the quotes coming uh hey gruff uh hey head of steel fran bruce todd um, of course, I noticed now in the chat we've got uh, Dean Jovi, singer-songwriter, actor, uh, and uh, former guest. He was on the Halloween episode. So good to see you, man. Um, hope everything's cool, and hope Logan's had a good birthday. Um, so, uh, thank you for the reminder, Gruff. Uh, um, call it extra content. Yes. Now, if you if you are a uh, if you are a member one of the tiers you now get emojis and the one that i've been spamming in the discord is if you've it, it might just show up as text like it is on screen but if you've got the live chat open there is a pooch of horror emoji i'm sure if bailey understood what was going on he'd be overjoyed uh to know that he is an emoji on the youtube live chat and uh the discord but if you haven't already join the discord there is a link in the chat it is uh, it's a cool live community we've got a lot of stuff going on there um i've talked about some horror purchases recently in there i haven't brought it with me because it's like a fucking doorstop uh, but i recently have a uh, finally dabbled after years of kind of having an on-off interest finally dabbled in manga and got the dulux edition of berserk um when I say dabbed in manga, literally the only manga I ever liked back in the day was Akira and Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. But uh, Berserk came onto my radar because I think I saw a Watch Mojo list of disturbing anime. And uh, it was the Eclipse scene was being discussed. I've never watched the TV adaptations. I think there's been two, uh, Fran the Canon has said. Thank you, Fran. Um, but no, I picked up the book. The first thing I had to get used to is mangas are printed back to front. So initially when I was holding it up, I was like, why is the spine on the right? Yeah, no, it's very confusing, but it looks cool. It looks cool. Um, yes, Gruff, the horror hound himself, Bailey, or Poochie Magoo, Poochie Jefferson. He he goes by many names. Uh, now, we've got lots to get through on tonight's show. We've got some news to talk about. Got a couple of reviews. One of them, I, uh, I was a little bit like, have I, am I going to get around to watching a film this week? Um, and then earlier today, I happened to be scrolling on Prime, and I saw that there was a new film in the premiere section, um, which, if you don't know premieres, it's like, they did it really during the pandemic, a way for you to watch new new films from home. It's more expensive than the cinema, which is a little bit crazy, um, but I, d I don't have a cinema within like an hour's drive of me, So um, and driving's not been kind of great with all the hospital bits and bobs. Um, so it's really cool. So I've watched that, and we're going to talk about that a bit later on. Uh, I'll, I'll keep you on tender hooks until then. 
Um, Bruce Todd, if you're getting into manga, pick up Monster Nine Volumes. Uh, Monster Nine Volumes. It's a masterpiece. Uh, Bruce Todd, mate, if you if you have a link, drop that in the chat. Um, I probably will forget unless I unless I bring it up now. But I've got my my plethora of tabs open. So um, yeah, drop a link. I will check it out. Um, I also picked up. For fans of Jallo, and hopefully there are some fans of Jallo, because we are going to be talking about your homework a bit later on, which is this lovely 4K edition of uh, Deep Red, Profondo Rossi, uh, by uh, the master, Dario Argento. They have uh, Arrow have released one um, Giallo collection, which is three kind of slightly more un unknown uh, Giallo films. That was £35 for the 4K Blu-ray. I, th I think it's 4K. Might just be blue, I'm not sure. But that's now £30 I saw today, so I thought I'm... £5 saving, I love a saving. Um, and the new release comes out, I think, later this month. That's currently £50, so fuck that. <laughs> um, although I, I've, I've heard a review, they are good. Anyway, we're going to get into the news, um, and we'll, we'll do the reviews, and then we're going to talk about the endlessly quotable, one of my favourite comedy horror series of all time, um, Left Us Too Quick but it's uh, six perfect episodes, and that is the Channel 4 series, uh, Matthew Homeless's Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Um, a lot of fun talking about that a bit later on. So starting off, um, this comes from bloodydisgusting.com, as all my news does. I'll drop a link in the chat. We've got eight new horror films releasing this week, including pre the Predator prequel, Prey, too many Ps there, and uh, Slashes from Blumhouse and A24, now, Blumhouse, I generally like their their output. I've I've discussed my kind of concerns with them going to the well more recently with uh, horror remake continuation trilogies like the Halloween first one, excellent. Halloween Kills, uh, diminishing diminishing returns on repeat viewings. Kill um, Halloween Ends, we shall see. I'm reserving judgment. I'm not getting hyped because Kills didn't meet my hype, but. It's a new film, going to reserve judgment. But they are now doing an Exorcist sequel trilogy. Now, I, I love the Exorcist, the film. I love the third one. It's pretty good. The TV series was decent as well. But whenever they say we're going to do a, a sequel, oh, cool, it's not just a remake. Okay, cool. But we're going to do a trilogy. I already think just make a film. Just If you've got a story, just do it in one film, and then if it's successful, fine, whatever. But anyway, that's not in the news. What is our eight new horror films? So starting off... The first offering uh, that's kicking off the list is Indie Allegoria um, on Shudder. And it uh, arrived yesterday and traditional VOD outlets today. The directorial debut of Power Man 5000's Spider One. Uh, now, if you don't know who Power Man 5000 are, their big hit was Worlds Collide, which I think was a WWE Raw theme or it might have been a pay-per-view theme. But uh, Spider One, the singer of Power Man 5000, is Rob Zombie's brother. Or half-brother. They're related. Um, it's a little tidbit there, if you didn't know. So, for Allegoria, uh, Chrissy Fox, um, Adam Boosh from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, and Bryce Johnson of Pretty Little Liars are joined by Scout Compton of Rob Zombie's Halloween, star in the, uh, musician horrors, the musician's horror movie debut. In Allegoria, a group of artist, uh, artists' lives become unwittingly entangled as their obsessions and insecurities manifest monsters, demons, and death. There is a trailer. Check that out if you will. Next up, formerly titled The Cow... Vertical Entertainment brings Gone in the Night home and onto VOD outlets today. August 2nd, a new movie starring Winona Ryder. 
Uh, John Gallagher Jr. of 10 Cloverfield Lane, Dermot Mulroney of The Courier, and Owen Teague of the It franchise, uh, joined by Brianne Dejou, um, also star in the film. Uh, in the film, Kath, played by Ryder, and her boyfriend, played by Gallagher Jr., arrive at a remote cabin in the Redwoods, only to discover that a mysterious younger couple is already there. Uh, the rental has apparently been double-booked, um, and with nowhere else to go, they decide to share the cabin with these strangers. Okay, uh-huh. uh, the rental has apparently been double booked um, blah, blah, blah. when her boyfriend disappears with the young woman you know where that's going Kath becomes obsessed with finding an explanation for their sudden breakup but the truth is far stranger than she could have ever imagined Eli Horowitz of Homecoming directed the film that was co-written with Matthew Derby um, I'm not seeing the trailer for that we talked about that on the news a couple of weeks back Best um, Winona Ryder she's pretty good um, looking at the chat, Bruce Todd not heard Power Man since Tony Hawk on the PS One. Yes, definitely. Uh, and then the Gruff not heard of Power Man Five Thousand since the Mission Impossible Two album was released. Um, and Fran the Can says Brianna was part of the I Know What You Did Last Summer TV show. Still not got around to watching that. Would you recommend it, Fran? I know it got cancelled after the first season, so if it's a cliffhanger ending, that will suck. Uh, but is it worth the time? Now, next up in the, in the film releases, uh, being billed as a southern gothic horror movie, Vincent Greshaw's new film, What Josiah Saw, will stream exclusively on Shudder beginning this Thursday, August 4th. After two decades, a damaged family reunites at their remote farmhouse where they confront long-buried secrets and sins of the past. Robert Patrick of The Terminator 2, Nick Stahl, Sin City, uh, and also terminator 3 uh, which is terrible scott hayes and uh kelly garner star uh robert allen diltz wrote the script um i mean i like films with uh robert patrick in He's still a good actor He's pretty good in peacemaker played an absolute arsehole uh next up xyz films brought addison hyman's south by southwest horror movie hypochondriac to select theaters last week and the film will now make its way onto on-demand outlets august 4th um apparently there's donny darko vibes from this and i think we talked about it last week uh will a young hispanic gay potter is one gregarious guy his boss is terrible but he's got a great boyfriend and a great job unfortunately behind that veneer is a dark past of violence and mental illness that he is desperate to keep hidden yeah we read this uh this blurb uh, i think it was last week if not the week before but coming this friday huge day for new horror with uh dan trackenback who did 10 cloverfield lane his new movie, Prey, which uncloaks exclusively on Hulu, and I believe we're getting it on Disney Plus uh, this Friday. Taking place long before the events of the other movies in the franchise, Prey documents the very first time a predator has hunted on Earth, introducing a brand new beast being referred to as the Feral Predator. Is leaner, meaner, and nastier than ever before, and the only thing standing in his way is a fierce warrior on a quest to prove her worth to her tribe. Amber Midthunder from Legion stars in the upcoming Predator movie Prey as a Comanche woman who goes against gender norms and traditions to become a warrior. Set in the Comanche nation 300 years ago, Prey is the story of a young warrior named Naru. Uh, Naru has been raised in the shadows of some of the most legendary hunters who roam the Great Plains. So when danger threatens her camp, she sets out to protect her people. The Prey... Oh, excuse me. 
<laughs> the prey she stalks and ultimately confronts turns out to be a highly evolved predator with an advanced arsenal, resulting in a vicious and terrifying showdown between two adversaries. Now, the next one, I think I did see a trailer for a, a little while back, and it looked maybe interesting. I mean, it's A24, and I do generally quite like their releases, but the new A24 movie, Bodies, 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 is heading to select theatres this Friday before a wide release everywhere on August 12th, 2022. In the A24 slasher, when a group of rich 20-somethings plan a hurricane party at a remote family mansion, a party, game's turn, a party game turns deadly in this fresh and funny look at backstabbing, fake friends, and one party gone very, very wrong. You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? Well, we know about parties going wrong. Megan uh, Navarro wrote in her review for Bloody Disgusting, using a familiar social deduction game to implode an affluent group of fake friends in the most heinous way makes for a dementedly fun time that's just as mean-spirited with the horror as it is the comedy. Uh, the movie stars Amanda... Uh, um, oh, what? Amandla... It's got an L.A. at the end. Stenberg. Maria Bakalova... Pete Davidson, Rachel Sennett, uh, Myla Herald, Chase Sue Wonders, and Lee Pace. Written and directed, uh, well, is uh, directed by Helena Reggi and uh, written by Kristen Raupenenian, uh, Sarah Delapi, Chloe Okuno, uh, Joshua Sharp, and Aaron Jackson. So there's quite a few writers on board. Um, God, we have got quite a few films. Two more from the looks of this. Um, hey, Baby Ice, how's it going? Um, the Gruff, I'm really looking forward to Prey, but been burned so many times with the Predator films. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, Fran, I watched the whole season about, uh, that's talking about the, uh, I know it did last summer. Um, I had some good kills, but I wasn't really a fan. I really liked the original, so I had a high bar to reach. Yes, the original I watched not too long ago. I picked up the trilogy. I've still not watched the third one. I've heard I'm not missing much. Um, Bruce Todd, at least it's not a darker, S Darko vibes. I'm not seeing that. Heard it's terrible. Um, Gruff, really looking forward to pray. It was, okay, yes, uh, mentioned the the burning of uh, some of the sequels. I mean, the second one I didn't like to begin with, but it has kind of grown on me. But uh, yeah, I don't really know what happened with the Predator. It had a lot of promise, and uh, Andrew Seaman's Resurrection is now in select theaters and will be released by IFC Films on Demand Friday. The film starring Rebecca Hall from The Night House and Tim Roth of Reservoir Dogs fame. Um, Shudder will be the film's exclusive streaming home in November. Uh, Resurrection, Margaret leads a successful and orderly life, perfectly balancing the demands of her busy career and single parenthood to her fiercely independent daughter, Abby. Everything is under control, but that careful balance is upended when an unwelcome shadow from her past, David, played by Tim Roth, returns, carrying with him the horrors of Margaret's past. Okay, his trailer for that is in the link previously posted. And last but not least, Peacock debuts Blumhouse slasher movie They Them this Friday, where Kevin Bacon welcomes campers to a safe summer camp space. Of course, that space is in reality anything but safe. They Them, pronounced they slash them, is a slasher horror set at an LGBT, LGBTQIA plus conversion camp executive produced, written and directed by John Logan of Penny Dreadful fame. In the film, several queer and trans campers join Whistler for a week of programming intended to help them find a new sense of freedom. As the camp's methods become increasingly more psychologically unsetting, the campers must work together to protect themselves. When a mysterious killer starts claiming victims, 
things get even more dangerous. Creepy, creepy stuff. Um, what are we getting in the chat now? So the Fran the Cannon says, Gruff, I wish the Predator film had a different name. Prey was already an Alien vs. Predator story. That novel is something I reread every so often. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with that one, uh, Fran. And Gruff, Predator 2 I quite like more than Alien vs. Predator movies. Yeah, that's true. Predators was kind of meh and the Predator was forgettable. Yes, agreed. Uh, now, I should mention that we have a poll going in the chat. So today is uh, what would be Wes Craven's birthday. This is God. This is God indeed. Um, so we have a poll running in the chat. Uh, only four options available as, as usual, but... What is your favourite film? Uh, vote in the chat. We've got Scream, we've got Nightmare on Elm Street, Hills Have Eyes, and Last House on the left. Uh, but he has done many, many more films, and obviously other franchise entries in those films. So, moving on in the news. I really need to find a way to sort my microphone into a more comfortable position, because it always seems to be knocking everything over. Uh, streaming problems. <laughs> um, so, next up, Shudder's glorious trailer. J.K. Simmons voices a Lovecraftian monster living in a glory hole. Yes, you heard that correctly. A Lovecraftian monster living in a glory hole. Uh, director Rebecca McKendry, of All the Creatures Were Stirring and Tales of Halloween, is back with Glory Hole, a new Shudder original movie with one hell of a weird, weird wild premise. God, I need to put my teeth back in all. <laughs> um... Just put the link in the chat if you want to watch the trailer. Um, oh, and J.K. Simmons is voicing the Cosmic Horror Nightmare. Yeah, we need to see this one ASAP. So this is all from Blood Disgusting. True Blood star Ryan Quanten plays a young man who is spiraling out of control after a bad breakup. His situation worsens after he finds himself locked inside a rest stop bathroom with a mysterious figure, played by J.K. Simmons, speaking to him from an adjacent stool. As he tries to escape, he realises he is an unwilling player in a situation bigger than he could have imagined. Um, well, there we go. Uh, well, it's called Glorious, but it said earlier on it's called Glory Hole, but I believe it's called Glorious. So if you want to watch Lovecraftian horror from a glory hole, that's coming to shudder. Um, okay. Now, some gaming news for you guys. The voice of the yellow peanut M&M, yes, uh, Jello Ray. Hey, Meryl. <laughs> Don't Google it. Don't Google it. Uh, next up, some gaming news. Supernatural horror game The Mortuary Assistant is available today on Steam. Players can today finally embalm and exercise the dead in Dread XP and Darkstone Digital Supernatural Horror Game, The Mortuary Assistant. Available now on Steam, you can snag The Mortuary Assistant for a cool 10% discount until August 9th. It centers on Rebecca Owens, a recent mortuary science grad who's starting an apprenticeship at the Riverfields Mortuary. Rebecca is called in to work one night to handle some embalmings. However, there's something different about these bodies. Things are made more interesting when the mortician calls, saying that those rumours about possession and demonic acts are true, and that you can't leave. Now, has this game been out a while? Because I'm sure I've seen someone streaming this, like, quite a few months ago, or a very similar-sounding game. This might be the same game, so maybe it's not previously been on, on Steam. Um... As a result, you'll be facing demonic banishments and creepy puzzles, along with detailed mortician tasks that have been researched from real-life morticians. Each playthrough features different demons, bodies, and scares that are custom-tailored to your playthrough. 
You will need to balance your tasks at the mortuary with hunting for clues. Brave the dark hallways and pay close attention to details if you wish to walk away with your soul intact. Um, if you'd like to try before you buy, you can download the demo from Steam. So maybe it was like early access, possibly. Um, hmm, there you go. Uh, so if you're interested in the mortuary assistant, that's coming out on Steam with a 10% discount. Uh, next up, just two more bits of news. The Curse of Bridge Hollow. Stranger Things star battles Halloween decorations in the new Netflix movie. Uh, so in Spirit of Halloween, or Spirit Halloween, the movie, is it, um, wait, what? No. Okay, that's confusing. Halloween decorations are coming to life, not only in Spirit Halloween, the movie, but also in the brand new Netflix movie, The Curse of Bridge Hollow. Uh, directed by Jeff Wadlow of Truth or Dare, uh, The Curse of Bridge Hollow arrives on October 14th. In the film, Marlon Waynes, of scary movie fame, and his teenage daughter, Priya Ferguson, Stranger Things, are forced to team up and save their town after an ancient and mischievous spirit causes ha Halloween decorations to come to life and wreck havoc. Uh, Kelly Rowland, Rob Riggle, John Michael Higgins, Nia Vardalos, Lauren Lapkus, Holly J. Barrett, Miles Vincent Perez, Abby Monteri, and Helen Slayton-Hughes also star... Todd Berger and Robert Rugen wrote the screenplay. Uh, so it probably seems more like a family-friendly horror film than a horror-horror film, but that's not always bad. Horror doesn't always need to be bloody disgusting. Uh, the Curse of Rich Holland, baby, I says. Uh, the Curse of Botch Holland. <laughs> um, and then finally, a bit more gaming news. This one looks like it could be quite creepy. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Um... Chuck that in chat. So, White Day, a labyrinth named School, it's a weird title, gets a September release including a physical PS5 and Switch versions. Initially announced for release this fall on PlayStation 5, publisher P-Cube and developer Sonori have revealed that White Day, a labyrinth named School, will be released on September 8th for the PlayStation 5 xbox series and the nintendo switch and for those who like physical copies the playstation 5 and switch versions will also have a physical release in addition to digital weird that the xbox series isn't getting physical okay originally released for the ps4 and pc via steam white day a labyrinth named school is a korean survival horror title that has been rebuilt and localized from its original 2001 release jesus Considered by fans to be one of the scariest games ever made, Yeah, White Day centers on uh, Hee Min Lee, who on the eve of the gift-giving holiday, White Day, the Asian equivalent of Valentine's Day, sneaks into school to hide a box of candies for a girl he fancies. Unfortunately for him, the school shutters slam shut, and Lee finds himself trapped in the building overnight. Complicating matters is the fact that he's now being hunted by the school's janitor, as well as being haunted by the souls of the dead that remain in the school. White Day features 20 unique ghosts for you to encounter and avoid, as well as a dynamic scare system, where the higher the difficulty, the more terrors you encounter. Um, if you know me, I will probably play it on easy if I do play it. Or story mode if they've got that, because I just want to know the story. I don't like a, a challenge. Um, in addition to surviving and trying to make your way out of school, you'll also discover hidden secrets, ghost stories, and 10 different endings that are dependent on your actions in the game. Um, let me know if there's any interest in that. Uh, let's just have a quick look at what we've got in the chat. Keith O'Toole. Hey, how's it going, Keith? Uh, I remember... In one of the Spider-Man films, Spider-Man was in a wrestling arena and his opponent was called Bonesaw, who's played by the late Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes, that was the uh, 
the first one by Sam Raimi, starring Tobey Maguire. Brian the Can is the curse, the bad Peaky Blinders ripoff gimmick. Uh, could be. I've still never watched Peaky Blinders. My dad likes it, but he said the last season was a bit cack. The Gruff, have you seen Deep Dark? That has a talking hole in the wall. I've, I've not seen that. Is it a glory hole? Um, Keith O'Toole, do you remember Randy Savage and Spider-Man, Tez? I certainly do. That was a cool moment. Um, funnily enough, I've still not really watched that many Randy Savage matches. I'm sure Lawrence, I'm sure Lawrence is cursing me and that will end up on my homework uh, soon enough. Uh, Baby Ice White Day, surprised that hasn't been cancelled on social media. Uh, it's a game from 2001 that's now being re-released. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, like they say, White Day in uh, in, in Korea is their version of uh, Valentine's Day. Um, well, there we go. Well, that is it for the latest news. Uh, if there's anything which has tickled your fancy, let me know in the chat. Um, I hope you've all put your votes in so far. And, of course... Any more quotes you guys have, we'll get to the main event a bit later on, but you can always drop them in the chat. I'm certainly going to be hitting down some quotes. So, we're getting to the review section. Now, I can't remember if this is review music that I set up, or um, or homework music, but I think I've got the two. So, the review music is... There you go. Um, just to make sure people are awake. So, the first review... The film that I saw was available today on Prime, so I, I watched it straight after work, straight before the show. And that is the 2021 American Coming of Age... Well, it's 2021? Oh, it was released at Fantastic Fest in 2021. It came out June 22. And that is The Black Phone. Um, the Black Phone's 2021 American Coming of Age supernatural horror film directed by Scott Derrickson, written by Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, and produced with uh, Jason Blum. It's an adaptation of a short story by the same name by Joe Hill, who, if you don't know, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Um, so, the film stars Mason Thames, Madeline McGraw, Jeremy Davis, James Ransom, and Ethan Hawke. In the film, an abducted teenager uses a mysterious telephone to communicate with the previous victims of his captor, played by Ethan Hawke. Wow. Um, this, this was really, really good. This is really well made. So much so, um, I watched this, so, in my living room, I've got these blinds, but in the afternoon slash evening, it's sun-facing, so, even with the blinds closed, and even with the brightness all the way up on my TV, and I've got a decent 4K TV, um, things are dark, and I thought, well, this, this is gonna be a horror film where someone's stuck in a basement for a while, it's going to be dark. So I went and watched it in my room. There's like a blackout blind. That was great. But this film was that good that I've got a 48-hour window to watch it, I believe. Uh, I'm going to watch it again tomorrow night, I think, um, on, my, on my main TV. So it's set in 1978, and the film aesthetically does look very 70s. Uh, not just the haircuts, the, um, the attire, the wardrobes, maybe I should say, but also the... Um, the style of the filming so there's moments where there are these memories these dreams and they look like home movies in in such a way that it has that super grainy appearance like it's done on one of those old turny uh hand cams like early sort of you know retail cameras but also the general uh color code color correction of the film has this uh, sepia hue it's, it's it really does look incredible um 
Ethan Hawke playing... We only know him as the, the Grabber. He... I think it's the Grabber. This, the Grabber. So we don't ever find out his name or anything about him. But he is a child kidnapper and a serial killer. It's kind of implied that maybe he's, he's also a diddler on top of that. He's not a nice guy. Um, and uh, he has been going around this town abducting boys. Our main character, um, whatever his name is, is the teenager Finney. He is getting bullied like hell. Um, he is really getting bullied. Like, there's a scene where this guy sticks up for him, this kid sticks up for him, um, who'd previously beaten the shit out of one of the general sort of school bullies. But his this mate soon gets kidnapped, and uh, there's a scene where the bullies then chase down Finney, kick the shit out of him on the ground. Uh, his sister comes along and sort of tries to save the day by basically bricking one of the kids in the head. She gets her ass kicked as well, but she's kind of deterred them a bit, or at least taken one of the three out. Um, the home life isn't great. The The mum has previously passed away, I believe. They don't really talk too much about it. Again, I'm not going to get too much into spoilers. This is all kind of opening opening film stuff. But the home situation isn't great. Like The dad is a bit of an alcoholic, a bit violent. Uh, no worries, Keith. Um, thanks for stopping by. Um... John Woodmus mentions Dream Demon. Uh, what is Dream Demon? It vaguely sounds familiar. Um, God, this movie was so good, says Baby Ice. And yes, the soundtrack was brilliant. Um, the Gruff says Deep Dark is on Prime Rental for one ninety nine. I think it's worth a watch if you want to watch a monster film about a horny talking hole in a wall. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm not I'm not here to kink shame. I'll give it a watch. Um, <laughs> uh, so Finney gets, he gets nabbed by the Grabber. So Finney's performance in the film is great. He really does go on a journey. Um, and you're along there for the ride with him. He gets grabbed by the grabber, put in this basement. And there's a black phone on the wall, the, the eponymous black phone. It's not hooked up, though. But these phone calls are coming through, um, which may be trying to help him. Um, at the same time, his sister is also getting these strange dreams, really. Um, and could they be leading to where her brother is or what's happened? I'll kind of leave it there in regards to the plot, but I really think this is one worth a watch. Um, it's not really too bloody. It's more of a psychological sort of scares. Um, there are moments of violence done very well, um, really well. And the finale I thought was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and generally it's a really well-paced film. It's about, uh, one hour 45, I think. So it won't take up a, a lot of your time. Um, and it's well worth your time, I think. Um, I, I rented it on the home premiere on Amazon for uh, £15.99, which is expensive. I mean, the cinema is about £10, £12 these days. But think about fuel and the convenience. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I still think it should be cheaper at home, but whatever. Um, but for me, I thought this was great. And I'm giving it a score of 8.5 out of 10. Uh, possibly even a nine, but really, I think this is this is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's kind of it's made me want to watch Sinister again, which is another Scott Derrickson film. Like I liked Sinister. I've spoken before about one particular moment in Sinister slightly deflating things for me just a little bit, just because it was a little bit hokey. But generally, the scares are really good in that, and the the story is is really great. Didn't think much of the sequel, um, but yeah, I I think this is excellent. Um, Black Phone, 
8.5 out of 10. Now we've got to everyone's favourite segment. Uh, where's my button for it? The uh, Full Moon Retro Review. So, what did I say we were going to do this week? What did I what What did I sit through seventy minutes of today? I say sit through. I actually thought it was quite fun. Killjoy two. Uh, so, if you're new to the channel, new to the show, oh, once a uh, once a week on well the weekly show, um, I I got a subscription on Prime for the Full Moon Pictures channel. It was quite cheap. Things like two ninety nine. Might be four ninety nine. I'm not sure. Um, I pay for Shudder as well, um, and uh, they got a lot of stuff on there. Some of it terrible, uh, but some of it so bad it's good. Um, Jalare talking about uh, the black phone. Eight point five sinister phone rings out of ten. Very good. Baby Eyes gives it a nine. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, like, it could it could be a nine for me really. Eight point five is because I don't like to rate things too high too often but really it was a great film i had a great time i don't have any negatives to speak of i think it was great but uh <laughs> slightly different we have uh killjoy or the full title killjoy 2 deliverance from evil so before we get into the plot um talking about the production of this film it only took two weeks to write the script and eight days to film it trent Hager, who stepped into the role of uh, Killjoy from the previous actor, can't remember his name, um, said that uh, he was embarrassed of being a part of the film, but then again came back as Killjoy in the many sequels that followed. I think it's been two or three more sequels. Um, go mad lad and get the year. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Bruce. Maybe. So, following on from the first Killjoy film, which was Mental, we now have uh, a young man, Nick Gordon, being chased by dirty cops, Officer White and Officer Donnelly. When they catch him and handcuff him and plant cocaine on him so they can make the arrest, a week later, Nick and four other minor offenders, Ray Ray, Eddie, Cece, and the shy Charlotte Davies, are taken by detention officers Denise Martinez and Lieutenant Harris Redding to Loxahatchee Canyon. They had to spend 90 days at the location that's 200 miles where, away where they'll be renovating a group home for fellow delinquents. On the way, the bus engine blows, stranding in the middle of nowhere at night with no cell phone reception. Um, I mean, this is your typical fare. They come across a house. Uh, they think no one's home. Turns out someone is home that shoots one of them down. Um, in an effort to try and save them after they kill this woman, um, they hear about the legend of Killjoy and the events that happened in the first film. So it is connected. Um, and they conjure up Killjoy, who goes mental, well, he is mental, killing them. Now, that is one of the highlights of this film, even more so than the first film. The design of Killjoy, I think, is even better this time around. Uh, he is a standout. I mean, if you ever watch this, this is where I imagine Seth Rollins or Seth freaking Rollins got his laugh from because Killjoy's constantly going <laughs> a lot. Far too much. 
But it's fun. I mean, <laughs> he eats a woman by taking his teeth out, which then turn into like robotic chatterers, uh, puts in a bath, uh, a, a toilet outhouse that she's hiding in and eats them, eats her. Um, oh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, the deaths are decent. There's not much to write home about. I mean, Killjoy doesn't turn up till about halfway through. So the like I say, the film's 72 minutes long. So just over half an hour in and we get Killjoy. Um, but, you know, it's... I mean, I think it was better than the first film. And I think apparently the Killjoy sequels are meant to get better and better. Um, which depends on what kind of bar you hold them to. So for me, I can't hold them to a high bar. I have to hold Full Moon films to the same standard I would any film I review. Um, but I did get enjoyment out of it. And it's short, so it didn't take much of my attention. Four out of ten. Four Killjoys out of ten Killjoys. I don't think there's been ten Killjoys yet. Um, okay, well, from there, we're now going to have to talk about homework. I was going to go to uh, to an ad break and then the main event, but I forgot. we got homework. we got everyone's favourite thing, and that's homework time. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Scary music. So last week's homework, which I want you guys to pop in the chat your thoughts, whether you've watched it as part of the homework or you've seen it before. So this isn't a review section. This is uh, one of the ideas that came up on Discord recently to uh, to talk about me giving you guys homework. So first, well, last week's homework, I did the one film last week. I was a bit, a bit crazy with, uh, with the previous week with two films. We've got Deep Red. Sorry about the light. Now, recently, as I've shown a moment ago, picked up the lovely Deep Red 4K release from Arrow. You get a lovely two discs. Now, I will say the disc I was watching earlier this week, I was thinking, fucking hell, this is dragging on a bit. Uh, and it was the original two-hour-plus cut. Uh, it turns out that I probably saw the hour-and-a-half exported version, or 105 minutes. Um, but the thing that I have taken away from watching... I haven't finished it yet. The uh, the full two hour plus cut is it does look incredible. It's an incredible transfer of 4K. Um, but this is a Dario Argento film. Originally, uh, the original title in Italian, Profondo Ross, Rosso. And it's also known as The Hatchet Murders. It's a 1975 Italian giallo from uh, Dario Argento, co-written by Argento and Bernardino Zapponi. Stars David Hemmings as a musician who investigates a series of murders performed by a mysterious figure wearing black leather gloves typical giallo setup uh the cast also stars dario nicolodi gabrielle lavia macha merrill and clara calame the film's score was composed and performed by the incredible goblin uh the first in a long-running collaboration with argento um it was released as the height of the giallo craze of italian popular cinema and was a critical and commercial success so guys what did we think of deep red so baby eyes the fact that civilians were investigating the deaths is bonkers, but this movie has another groovy soundtrack that slaps. 6.5 from Baby Eyes. The Gruff. I've never seen any Argento movies before Ministry of Horror. Suspiria I really enjoyed and was equally enjoyed uh, and, and equally enjoyed Deep Red. I love Goblin again. Their score is, in, is brilliant. Uh, Fran the Cannon. Nice creepy puppet in this. Kind of proto Billy the Puppet. Yes. Yeah, very much so. I mean, this is... This is a creepy film. I mean, yeah, you, you put logic to one side when it's a, a random civilian is investigating and being a key investigator in a murder. Um, 
but I think visually, like just just the Italian setting is incredible. Like some of the shots, there's this one of the early shots where uh, the uh, musician has seen the woman getting murdered. The first uh, the first woman, the psychic medium Helga, runs up to her room straight away. He's just messing with a, a crime scene by taking her off the shattered window, uh, and he looks out, and it's just the the spacing in the shot just looks brilliant of the of the the city streets um this has some great kills in it this is uh this is high class argento in my eyes um but yeah baby eyes says the gruff suspiria is great the gruff says wasn't a huge amount of death but i really appreciate the cinematography looked very very good it's a strange film to be fair but i loved it puppet scene was very creepy 7.5 out of 10 excellent stuff and baby eyes uh, you can see where Tarantino gets his visuals from, French and Italian movies. Yes. Uh, yes, that's huge influence on uh, Tarantino. And, uh, I mean, Argento, when he was really hitting his peak with films, um, incredibly influential director, did some great stuff, has to be said. Um, so when it comes now to this week's homework, I have picked two films, but pick and choose. I'm not expecting you to watch both. But they're in line with what we are talking about um, a bit a bit later on for today's today's main discussion. So the two films that I have picked, and you can choose which one you you want to watch and report back on for your homework. Alice Lowe's Revenge. Oh, not the right way up into the camera. And also featuring Alice Lowe, uh, Neil Maskell, I think it is, or Ben Wheatley, it's one of the two, uh, Sightseers. Both great uh, British films from like the last 10 years. Revenge is a 2016 comedy slasher written, directed and starring Alice Lowe in her debut, directorial debut. Uh, also stars Kate Dickey, Kaven Novak, uh, Joe Hartley, Mike Wozniak, Gemma Whelan, and Tom Davies. A lot of names from the comedy world in Britain. The plot follows a pregnant widow who is convinced her fetus is compelling her to embark on a killing spree as revenge for the death of her husband. Um, and also Sightseer's 2012 British horror comedy film directed by Ben Wheatley and written by and starring Alice Lowe and Steve Oram with additional material written by co-editor Amy Jump. Um, so this is two quite introverted types, uh, a young, uh, well, no, middle-aged sort of couple going on a caravan trip uh, where it just, it just escalates. Um, it just escalates with death basically i won't really say much more than that um so let's look at the chat what we got here the gruff agree with that baby ice talking about tarantino uh Jalloray, great insights gruff and baby ice baby ice i'm going revenge um and the gruff oh sightseers i've seen good film like ben wheatley stuff usually good yeah i mean uh, ben wheatley is great he is great but uh yeah they're two films from the last 10 years you you know if you want to watch both cool if not pick one that's all good um i don't well shall we go to an ad break i don't really think we need to because the ad breaks for the gaming and the gaming's kind of finished for uh, for a little while uh so we can take that off um no we will go to an ad break we we will go to an ad break because i need to get a drink um but uh yeah then we will be back with our featured presentation so um do what do we reckon do we kiss caitlin or do we kiss dylan are we kissing a girl or are we kissing a boy? What do we think? 
We're safe in the car, really. We're gonna be okay. Oh no. That's Ted Raimi. Roll it down. That's the sheriff. Yeah. Must be exhausted. I know I am. Oh God, it's gonna get attacked. I think our imagination. Oh shit. Feeling? Shall we? Dylan's gonna be pissed. Oh, is that please? Oh God, she doesn't seem interested, does she? Ugh. Oh no. Oh no, those side glances are horrible. At uh, the tower, jump free of your troubles. Fight or flight. Oh god. This feels like it's uh, an omen of what's to come. It's been the thing from the start of the game. Oh crap. Uh, we gotta help Nick. We gotta help Nick. Oh, whoa. Oh, no, there's the creatures. Oh, no! Right, get that door closed. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh, no, he's been caught in a snare. Trouble is an excellent choice. And anything buzz me out Lost Boys. Corey Feldman sound like Stallone. Yeah, I don't know why he's doing that low voice, but I think that's kind of part of their character where they're trying to be much older and more hardened than they actually are. You should have turned it off before you handed it in, Dylan. Them's the rules, you noob. Yeah, Dylan. What's that? Oh, oh, go. Oh, my go. And they just turned off the camera. Uh, probably nothing. That was clearly a, a mine. Looks like we have a choice on our hands. Do we snoop through someone else's belongings? Or do we open a spooky trapdoor and die a horrible, painful death? I think I know what the chat want to say. Open trapdoor, search bag. Open trapdoor, she just said, will lead to a horrible, painful death. Or search the bag. Oh man, it's just munching. I mean, I think we can end the poll. He examined his sleeve. Blood? Blood. Crimson, copper-smelling blood. He is blood. 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 And bits of sick. Greetings, traveller. I'm Garth Marenghi, horror writer. 
Most of you will probably know me already from my extensive canon of chillens. Uh, chillens? Chillers. Including Afterbirth, in which a mutated placenta attacks Bristol. Back in the 1980s, I wrote, directed and starred in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, a television programme so radical, so risky, so dangerous, so goddamn crazy, that the so-called powers that be became too scared to show it and jip me, much in the same way women have done ever since they sniffed out my money. Uh, of course, <laughs> we are talking about Dark Place. Uh, one of my favourite comedy horror shows of all time, it has to be said. Um, so, so I, I remember back when I was in sixth form, which is kind of like, it's kind of like college. It's like an extension of, uh, higher education school. Um, it kind of, it's kind of like a step to college sort of thing. Anyway, I remember walking home from a, a piss up, you know, having a, having a few beers with friends one night and catching on TV, uh, episode three, Skipper the Eye Child which we'll get to a bit later on. And I just thought this this program is incredible. It was kind of at the height of things like uh, The Mighty Boosh, which isn't for everyone. They're very different shows, crossover with cast. Um, but uh, that kind of obscure humour um, that was very unique. And unfortunately, it didn't get the great ratings that it should have done. And we only got the one season, but... That one season was excellent. Um, you know, we didn't, we haven't got any stinker episodes. It hasn't overstayed its welcome. Um, we we got six episodes of insanely quotable TV. So it's a British horror parody television show created for Channel Four by Richard Iowardi and Matthew Holness, and was first broadcast in two thousand and four. Show focuses on the fictional horror author Garth Marenghi, played by Matthew Holness, and his publisher Dean Lerner, played by Richard Ioardi. Characters that both originated in the Garth Marenghi's Fright Night stage show. Now, I would, I would love to have seen that stage show. I've not seen much, much um, comedy outside of you know stand up. Um, but I mean that just that sounds incredible. Uh, the series is presented in special release of the fictional television series Dark Place. Within the canon of the show, Dark Place was produced in the 1980s but failed to gain an audience anywhere but Peru, eventually becoming a lost series. Saved footage has been uh, recently resurfaced with Merengue and Co. republishing with the intent of gaining interest from a modern audience. Uh, the original footage supposedly original, uh, of the show is intercut or book-ended with commentary from many of the original cast, where characters such as Marenghi and Lerner reflect on what it was like to make the show. Uh, Dark Place parodies the fashion, special effects, production gaffes, and music of low-budget 80s television, as well as the modern practice of including commentary tracks on DVD releases of old films and TV. Um, yeah, it had a very late time slot, not much advertising, like I say, I only caught it by chance, and that led to poor viewing figures, but uh, it's had a huge internet following in the years since. Um, in 2005, Channel 4's Film 4 asked Holness and Iowadi to write a script for a film version of the programme. Uh, I guess that went nowhere because that was 2005 and we haven't seen anything, unfortunately. I um, mean, the United States, the show's been uh, broadcast on the Sci-Fi Channel and Adult Swim, and it is available to stream on Peacock. Um, I mean, Christ, we've we've kind of gone through a number of quotes in the in the series, but uh, 
let's talk about our cast of characters. So Matthew Holness is playing Garth Marenghi, who also plays the the uh, the character of Dr. Rick Daglas, MD. Um, Dag is a Vietnam and Falklands War veteran and former warlock. He <laughs> uh, says here, uh, this is on Wikipedia, his accent is pitched somewhere between Kent and boring. He keeps a magnum revolver on him at all times, and his wife is played by Lydia Fox. Uh, Richard Iowadi again plays Dean Lerner, Garth's publisher, who also plays Thornton Reed, a hospital administrator who bears a trademark shotgun and answers to unseen hospital boss Wonton. Uh, Lerner's acting is especially bad, even by the standards of the series, which is remarked upon in some of the in-character cast interviews. Iowadi himself stated in an interview in the Scottish Metro that, My acting really is that shit. I'm not pretending. The character Reed was in the Korean War, in which he lost a testicle and a knee and became a POW. Um, and yes, Fran, it's uh, f- it's free on all four in the UK. Uh, Baby Ice, yeah, you have to binge this. <laughs> I recommend it. Matt Berry, who fans of What We Do in the Shadows, um, he is Laszlo in that, uh, plays Todd Rivers, an actor who plays Dr. Lucian Sanchez, improbably handsome with a disconcerting habit of losing lip sync, with impossibly coiffed hair and a voice an octave lower than it should be. Uh, he generally uses an automatic pistol with a backup in his leg holster in case his original turns on him. He served with Dag in Vietnam. Uh, I don't know why uh, English doctors would be fighting in the Vietnam War. Uh, most of Todd Rivers' lines are looped in, with Matt Berry seemingly providing the most off-sync and over-the-top readings possible. Um, and, and, <laughs> and Alice Lowe uh, plays Madeline Wool, an actress who plays Dr. Liz Asher, a stereotypical fluffy blonde with occasionally psychic powers, sometimes exacerbated by heightened emotion. Asher graduated from Harvard, Harvard College, Yale, acting all her classes and getting an A. Um, or acing all her classes, I should say, and getting an A. Uh, Madeline Wool has disappeared since the making of the programme. It is implied through the in-character episode commentaries that Dean had something to do with her disappearance and claims she is probably dead and buried in the Eastern Bloc if she got a burial. (laughs) A few other real actors have recurring roles in the show. Kim Noble appears in every episode as Jim, a hospital worker whose main function is to listen to Douglas reel off a lengthy speech and respond with a yes. Uh, and Noble's real comedy partner, Stuart Silver, appears as the extra, a character whose name is unknown and has been a doctor, receptionist, keyboard soloist, and barman. Julian Barrett appears in three episodes as the hospital's vicar, um, whom Douglas refers to as Padre. Graham Lynham and Stephen Merchant appear twice in, as the hospital porter and chef, respectively. Uh, Noel Fielding appears as the mutant apoid in the episode for The Apes of Wrath. <laughs> Um, yes, give it a watch later tonight, Graf, 100%. Um, oh, we've got a new sub, Justin Sites. Thank you very much for subbing, Justin. Welcome to the show. Fran, I'd heard it mentioned, but never watched it until this week. If I knew it was a bit like a horror equivalent of Mighty Boosh, I'd have given it a go sooner. So glad I did. Well, that's good to hear, Fran. I'm glad, I'm glad you've got the, in- the enjoyment of, uh, of watching dark place for the first time um and it gets better for repeat viewings um it's honestly worth buying the dvd because the additional footage just of like the talking heads is incredible it's so funny um Jallaray, i think this show is largely unknown here in the usa i'll give it a try check it out on peacock uh Jallaray, or i think it's on prime as well um it's i love it it's got an 86 percent critic rating on uh, rotten tomato 
So there you have it. It originally aired between February, uh, between January, sorry, and March in 2004. So we're going to talk about each of the episodes. I'm going to reel off some quotes because I've got a whole list of them here. Um, so episode one, Once Upon a Beginning. New doctor Liz Asher arrives at Dark Place Hospital where a mysterious cat uh, portends disaster. Dr. Rick Douglas, MD, must act in time to prevent unspeakable evil from leaking out from a portal to Hellmouth under Dark Place Hospital. Um, so <laughs> this one really sets the scene for the type of show. You've got Garth Marenghi is this over-the-top sort of Stephen King, Dean Coots type. Um, but it's kind of at the level of that fame where, you know, they're then appearing in other media. He is then playing this over-the-top hero who belittles who belittles women quite often, uh, called uh, Dr. Rick Douglas, MD. Uh, he's a former warlock, as mentioned. He's dabbled in the occult. And uh, the moment when the Hellmouth gets opened with his pal, um, the, the, <laughs> the reason it goes wrong is because Rick Douglas has gone off to get them both a Coke float. And when he comes back and realises his mate's been possessed or is what caused this opening of the hellmouth he stood there screaming in his ceremonial cloak but he's still holding two coke floats um <laughs> his front explodes and uh he <laughs> he hits the head uh, he hits the head with like a shovel like it's a cricket bat it's it's absolutely insane it's hard to kind of describe the insanity of this show um the graph. This sounds like a strange mix of horror and comedy, but one I usually like. Sure, if I knew of it, I would have given it a go. That's the thing. The uh, the advertising was just absolutely terrible. Channel Four really did themselves no favors by putting this in the midnight midnight slot with no advertising. Absolutely ludicrous. Um, we get the quote on screen there, Sanchez. You shut your mouth, or so help me God, I'll punch your lights out. Um, so, ah, uh, just uh, some of the some of the quotes we got here. Dean Lerner, I got a script, read it, scared me senseless. Come de habitudes, and I said to Garth, I looked straight into his face. I've never been afraid of holding a man's gaze. It's natural. I said, this is going to be the most significant televisual event since Quantum Leap. I do not say that lightly. <laughs> um, when they talk about when when Dean Lerner. Oh, some of the funniest scenes outside of the talking heads are Dean Lerner's Dean Lerner's character Thornton Reed because part of his joke is how bad of an actor he is. He's constantly looking accidentally into the camera. Um, so as Dean Lerner, he says, I warned Garth. Um, I said, I'm not an actor. And um, he said, I'll always remember this, that he didn't want an act. He wanted the truth. So uh, here he is, Dean Lerner, playing Thornton Reed, not putting on an act, but putting out the truth <laughs> it's it, oh it's it's excellent the frown the can and the slow-mo <laughs> yeah when he's running down the halls i think that's like in uh in episode uh well no there's quite a few bits of slow-mo i'm thinking of episode two when he's running down the hallways uh but there's also <laughs> there's also those moments in this the shootout at the funeral where because the corpse isn't dead <laughs> Thornton Reed, if that's how you treat your friends, imagine how you treat your enemies. Worse, I expect. Dean Lerner, I don't know whether someone close to Garth had exploded, um, whether it was a colleague or a pet, but you could tell that scene meant a lot to him. There were tears on set, not from Garth. He was strong for the crew, um, but I wept. I'm not ashamed of that. 
I suppose one of the many burdens he has to bear as an artist is bringing us this gift. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, what else have we got in the quotes? <laughs> so, <laughs> there's one of the talking head bits near the end of the episode. It just catches me off guard. So, Garth Marenghi's talking. He says, I do not believe that uh, any form of life, be it human or animal or plant, should be hurt in the making of a television program. So I personally feel really bad about that cat we killed. Dean Lerner then says, I had a cat once. I dropped a sofa on it. It was a write-off, so I stood on its head. <laughs> and Garth Marenghi also says, uh, all I do is sit down at the typewriter and start hitting the keys. Getting them in the right order, that's the trick. That's the trick. Um... That that's kind of a uh, an an inkling of what we get in episode one and the kind of dialogue. I mean, those are some of the highlights. <laughs> um, we'll move on to episode two, which is Hell Hath Fury, which features a brilliant cameo performance at the start from Stephen Merchant. So at Dark Place Hospital, lunch is delayed and objects begin flying around. At first, suspicion falls on the hospital's temporary clerical assistant, but Douglas is determined to find out the truth. Um, where's that flipping chicken? Goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> so in this episode opens with a huge queue of uh, of the doctors waiting for their lunchtime chicken. And apparently the queue's been going on for three hours. No one waits for chicken for three hours. And as this is going on, Liz is getting quite stressed. Okay. And um, the hospital chef, played by Stephen Merchant, is getting quite annoyed because he's hearing all these murmurs. Um, eventually he overhears Liz and we get this scene Liz, where's this flipping chicken? Chef, who said that? Was it you, Missy? Get this into your pretty little face. I said five minutes but but nothing. Women like you are the reason this chicken's late in the first place you'll be lucky if you get any of my lovely chicken if you keep this kind of behaviour he turns, turns back to Liz and knocks her tray to the ground then walks back to the kitchen god damn son of a bitch, this is great chicken get nothing but flack, wow 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 where's the chicken, chicken's ready when I say it's ready Ugh. now I don't even know what I'm cooking, I'm so angry seasoning, hmm, now what do I need what do I need, tarragon, hmm, maybe oregano, never heard of it, Italian seasoning too vague, um, old cloves, yes bunk some of them in, sage, nah, sage for pork, ah, I could do pork tomorrow a little bit of pork, <laughs> and then he gets stabbed off screen, goes son of a bitch um, basically, yeah through through stress Liz, who is, uh, um, can read thoughts. She's, uh, psychic, but I guess, or got psychic kinetic abilities. Things start going electrically crazy around the, uh, around the hospital. Um, <laughs> Dean Lerner, I call Garth the Orson Welles of horror, and that's not just because of his weight. He is a titan of terror. I call him that as well. Um... <laughs> we get a, there's a hospital um administrative assistant an american chap who liz is basically having to look after um and he gets a lot of uh, a lot of slack from the, the guys basically they think maybe that he's involved in things going wrong these attacks like on the hospital chef and around the hospital leads to a confrontation uh, in the basement with a lot of slow-mo running <laughs> there's a there's a particular moment where sanchez is faced with a flying um iron like to iron your clothes he automatically goes in his default karate pose before then pulling out a gun shooting the iron to stop it hitting him 
The gun turns on him, so he throws it to the ground, stamps, and it takes out his second gun from his ankle holster and shoots it. Uh, before he then starts running away from more items, uh, including a filing cabinet. Um, <laughs> oh, dearie me. So what other, what other bits of, uh, of gold have we got here? So Dean Lerner again also says, uh, an eagle-eyed viewer might be able to see the wires. A pendant might be able to, uh, a pedant might be able to see the wires, but I think if you're looking at the wires, you're ignoring the story. If you go to a puppet show, you can see the wires, but it's about the puppets. It's not about the string. If you go to Punch and Judy and show you're only watching the wires, you're a freak. Um, <laughs> Sanch, when Sanch is getting attacked by the cutlery. Uh, yeah, it's me, Dag. I'm in a dead end. I've been cornered by some cutlery. I think I can take them. A whisk? A tin opener and a spatula. Yeah, I'll take the whisk out first and then hold them off as long as I can. Ah, I'm hit. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. Got me in the leg. They'll be after you next. Bye. Let's do this. Gets into his martial arts pose. Um, this is uh, it's, it's a good episode. This is a good episode. It's not my favourite episode. Um, that one is that's, that's that's a tough one to pick. But uh, um, we got what are the little uh, little ponchon moments have we got in here? Garth Marenghi, I think what this episode shows about above all else is that the human spirit cannot be overcome. You know, as a writer, if you look away, um, if you took away my paper, I'd write on my heart. If you took away my ink, I'd write on the wind. It wouldn't be an ideal way to work. Um, Douglas, uh, we'd seen a new side to Liz. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. They can get upset at the slightest thing, whether it's forgetting to acknowledge them in front of your friends or dividing a restaurant bill in proportion to the amount of food ordered by each party, which is only fair. I had to change. Tomorrow I tell her she's lost weight or like what she's done to her hair, whichever seemed the most plausible. Um, <laughs> so that is How Half No Fury. Then we had the very first episode I ever saw, as mentioned earlier, Skipper the Eye Child. Somewhere on the wards of Dark Place Hospital, a man gives birth to a giant eyeball after being raped by a giant eyeball, which brings out paternal instincts in Douglas, still grieving for the loss of his half-human, half-grasshopper son. However, the eyeball could be a potential killer. Uh, this episode guest stars Graham Lynham, who created uh, Black Books, The It Crowd, Father Ted, I believe, um, and he's appeared in episodes of those shows as well. <laughs> uh so what what i mean let's just jump in straight to some of these quotes so uh, garth Marenghi, salutations friends i'm garth Marenghi, horror writer although i prefer the term dream weaver when i wrote directed and starred in garth Marenghi's dark place for television back in the 1980s i drew deep droughts of inspiration from the dyke of my dreams other times i copied the plots from dead authors on whose work the copyright had lapsed bite me <laughs> um what else have we got? Uh, Garth Marenghi. This episode is really about my own desire to have a son. Um, I have four daughters, and whilst I don't blame them as such, I don't really feel they're on my side. Um, so, <laughs> they haven't got one of the quotes here, which is just, it's one of the talking head moments. I can't exactly remember off the top of my head but he basically talks about the scene where they walks in on the actor or the patient getting raped by a giant eyeball and he says the actor wasn't really happy he told him it'd be a close set no more than 10 people or so um <laughs> but things escalated basically 
And very quickly, when uh, the, the giant eyeball gets shot dead uh, with a massive tallywhacker, um, and the guy gives birth to this baby eyeball that uh, Garth Marenghi's uh, Rick Daglas takes... <laughs> Garth Marenghi's character uh, takes um, as his own. Brian McCann, it's literally impossible to read quotes from him without doing the voice. Yeah, I can't help it. Um, what else have we got for... Da, 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 da. <laughs> Dean Lerner, yes, this is excellent. There's two moments here in the Talking Heads between Dean Lerner and Todd Rivers that are just brilliant. Uh, so Dean Lerner, I haven't acted since. <laughs> Some would say I didn't act during, but uh, those would be unkind people. I did my best. And then Todd Rivers, talking about Dean Lerner, says, he couldn't actually interact with, you know, with another actor. I've never seen that before, and I've never seen that since, but uh, I've just seen the tape, and it looks okay, though. And Garth Marenghi, at the end of the episode, uh, in the end, um, I picked up that pube, and I'm glad I did, because it made that gents a better place to be in. And that is my question to the government. Are you prepared to get your hands dirty? Or are you going to let things clog down up the system? Basically, that was part of the storyline where there was a lot of outrage because there was a stray pube on one of the urinals in the men's toilet and uh, no one wanted to clean it up. <laughs> oh, here we go, further on, in, uh, further back in the quotes. The Daglas. I don't know anything about it. Besides, I think there are more important matters at present. Reed, could you give me an example? Daglas. Like hospital bloody hygiene. I went to the gents and there was a big pube on the pipe, so I had to use one, the one in E-Wing. Sanchez, it's true. I went there two months back and there was a piece of shit stuck to the seat. So moving on to episode four, the apes of Orath. Uh, a mysterious illness spreads like a particularly virulent disease through the wards of Dark Place, causing doctors and patients to revert to an earlier genetic state. Daglas must stop it before he too becomes a primate. And this episode features the stars of the Mighty Boosh, Julian Bratt, once again as the Padre, and Noel Fielding. Uh, so yeah, there's green water that's appearing on the wards. Sanchez drinks it and uh, straightway turns into a monkey, a, a man ape. Um, and Liz also has some, but fortunately Daglas and uh, Thornton Reed only have uh, coffee. And there's a moment pointed out, I'll see if I've got the quote here from uh, Thornton Reed, where he only had a little bit of water, so it was fine. Um do we have the quote? I don't think we do in this little list. Um, <laughs> so where have we got some good bits? Uh, da, 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 da. So Garth Marenghi, the, the preamble at the start of the episode. If you use antiperspirant, it clogs up your pores. If you clog up your pores, you're going to sweat elsewhere. And if you block up everything, well, then you're going to sweat on the inside and get cancer. Uh, you know, my books are all essentially about what-ifs. In Black Fang, I asked, what if a rat could drive a bus... And what if it and its rat brethren took over an ape parliament? When I wrote, directed, and starred in tonight's episode of Garth Mungie's Dark Place, I was asking another what if. Now, I won't tell you which what if it is, but it's basically along the same lines, but with a different animal. Without giving too much away, think Planet of the Apes. <laughs> um, right, yeah, I can't, I can't quote that line. Uh, Padre, when Padre's being questioned by uh, Daglas and he's saying about this this crazy thing going on. He asks about evolution. Padre goes, monkeys were created by God to entertain us. That's all we know, Rick. That's all we know! Um, <laughs> there's a moment when Sanchez is performing surgery and is in his monkey state. 
<laughs> the surgery, the the patient flatlines, and then Sanchez just goes, "Not my fault, monkey bastard hands." <laughs> Todd Rivers, it was difficult uh, for me to get into character. I mean, I know the beast in me. I've been drunk with him for fifteen years, so it was a home. Uh, uh, so it was home from home, you know. You might say. Um, <laughs> yeah, Daglas gets knocked over the head in one scene where he goes into a a dream world, basically. And he goes, My bonds haven't been knocked. I fell into a strange, fantastical dream, rich in imaginative imagery. I find myself alone in a primitive land where phantasm, spelt with a PH, not an F, abounded. I turned one way, then the other, then back, then forward. Then I saw myself as a monkey. <laughs> uh, Daglas, don't drink that. Look, it's bright green. Read, thank God I only took a tiny sip. Daglas, someone or something has been tampering with our water supply. I'm going to the water storeroom. I have a hunch that whoever or whatever he or she or it is will be there. Read, right, I'll stay here and try and recuperate as fast as I can. Like another running theme in the episodes is they have a plan to do something and Reed just goes, all right, well, I'll stay here or I'll stay here and watch Liz. He just doesn't do anything. Uh, one of the most famous episodes, uh, famous quotes in this episode comes from Garth Marenghi. I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards, okay? What I was asking in that scene is, what if politicians continue to pay doctors peanuts? Could they literally turn into monkeys? And no one's asked that before. Um, in a voiceover, Dagler says, uh, it was here that I found the fiendish fount of this fear, an apoloid micturating, which means urinating, on my erstwhile, which means former, buddy. I had a hunch this guy was the head honcho. <laughs> um, what else we got? D Daglas as well in a voiceover. I laugh to protect ourselves, to mask the awful horror. Although I thought what Reed said about Liz going bananas was genuinely witty. Each man must acknowledge his beast, whether through sport or violent films. But a man must not let his beast be his master, otherwise you're no better than Bill Wyman. I don't know who Bill Wyman is. And then Dean Lerner ends the episode. It's so hard to watch this episode, knowing that she is now missing, presumed dead, with the presumption heavily on dead. I don't think they'll find anything. But then again, she was like a candle in the wind. Unreliable. Yes, Fran. Such an epic chase in this one. Uh, hey, King, how's it going? Welcome to the stream. We then can move on to episode five of the six, Scotch Mist. A Scottish mist descends on Dark Place, and Douglas has to act fast to protect all the English people in the hospital from grave danger. Um, <laughs> apologies if anyone um, gets offended, um, <laughs> because this it, 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 he is... Po he he basically is sort of poking fun at the Scottish a bit here, but he does he does uh, note that a bit later on. Um, King, I miss the eighties where you could wear glasses like those. Yeah, they were pretty badass. I think people still do these days, but it seems to be more of a a hipster thing. Those sort of glasses that don't actually have any lenses in them. Don't get that. Um, but yeah, so Scotch mist uh, descends on Dark Place um, and. <laughs> <laughs> when they're looking into him, Dags is looking into it, he's finding people with their faces painted with uh, random paint. He finds on the floor um, a scattering of Scotch oats, and he deduces that uh, a Scot it's a Scotch mist that's descending uh, from the Highlands. <laughs> um, so... 
<laughs> we'll kind of go into some of the crackers again this episode and there's deleted scenes on the dvd as well for this one that are brilliant that show him going into this uh this burger shop that he talks about a bit later on uh baby ice we wore our sunglasses at night well that's the only cool way to wear it um you gotta wear them at night um <laughs> so uh let's let's have a look at what we've got here so dean Lerner. He had a very ambitious script. I said, Garth, this is a very ambitious script for the money we've got. Seems we've got no money. It's extremely ambitious. We were filming it in my garage. I had a big garage, but it's but still it was ambitious to film a TV show in a garage. Um, so, Daglas, there's a point where they go out at night to try and look for... Uh, look for survivors and uh so they're still visible dagler says keep your headbands on that way we won't get lost and use your fans sparingly they eat through batteries and if you're not careful they can nick your fingers stay local um <laughs> talking about the the uh the topic of uh of the scotch mist garth Marenghi says listen to me i'm not prejudiced all right that's what I'm saying i'm not prejudiced but joe public is you probably are you look like a college dropout Point being, I wrote this to heal Britain. Um, <laughs> there's one of my favourite quotes in the whole series. It's, it's a bit lengthy, but uh, they're hiding out from the uh, the Scotch mist in this cabin. Sanchez asks Daglas if he's ever been to Scotland. Daglas says once. The cabin crew suggested we all go out and club it. So I think they had a stopover in Edinburgh. Just skipped ahead. The cabin crew suggested we all go out and club it. I had no option. It was that, or one of their B&Bs. I figured it'd be safer on the streets. For the first time ever, I saw the Scotch in their natural habitat. And it weren't pretty. I've seen them huddling in stations before, being loud, but this time I was surrounded. Everywhere I went, it felt like they were watching me. Fish white flesh puckered up by the highland breeze. Tight eyes peering out from for fresh meat. Screechy, booze-soaked voices, hollering out for a taxi to take them halfway up the road to the next all-night watering hole. A shatter of glass, a round of applause, a 16-year-old mother of three vomiting in an open sewer, bairns looking on, chewing on potato cakes. I ain't never going back. Not never. Sanchez says, My aunt lives in Scotland. She says it's quite nice. And Daglas responds, Well, she's wrong. <laughs> Garth Marenghi, As a writer, I make up my own rules, okay? If I want to start a sentence with a full stop, I will. If I want to highlight social prejudice, I will. But I'll do it my way. And sometimes you actually have to be a bigot in order to bring down bigger bigots. <laughs> One of the ones that me and uh, my friend Dean often quote when talking about the show. Sanchez, I know mon means man, but I don't think och means anything. Uh, Douglas. <laughs> um, he, uh, when Douglas is talking to the, to the Highlanders to try and basically curry peace, he says, look, didn't they get me wrong? I'm a big fan of the Scotch people. I love Lulu, and if Taggart's on, I'll tape it. But I was very tired that night, and I was pissed off that I was in Glasgow. Colleagues of mine have never have since visited it during the day, and they say they've had a cracking time. I'm sorry, I see that now. My life is yours. Um, <laughs> uh, Todd Rither says, uh, Some thought it was quite racist. I didn't. But then again, I'd play anything. A Nazi. Anything at all. I don't think I'd ever kiss another man. Not even, not even for the big boys. <laughs> and then Tangler says, they want what all Scotch people want, to kill the Queen and destroy our way of life. Um, 
<laughs> so we move now on to the last episode, and this is one of my favourite moments in the entire series, and it's a it's a song. Um, and such a such a thing that when I was in, I went to music college for a couple of years doing a, basically just getting hammered for two years straight and uh, playing music for a, a couple of a couple of times a week. We covered the song from this episode, um, and that is in the episode "The Creeping Moss from the Shores of Shugoth," very H.P. Lovecraft title. Doctor Sanchez's life is in danger from a patient with an extraterrestrial broccoli infection. Douglas must save both his friend and the world. Um, the the song in question is "One Track Lover." We we learnt it on keyboards, guitars, drums, vocals. Uh, I think I did vocals on that as well. We ended up doing part normal, part death metal, because uh, we wanted to try and keep some of our death metal elitism. But it was a lot of fun. Um, this uh, this episode, there's a broccoli spores that happen to come through the air vent from outside and fall onto a patient, a patient that Douglas sees and he happens to fall in love with. Unfortunately, she is turning into broccoli. Um, <laughs> uh, he's feeling a little uh, on the outside in this episode. There's moments where he's trying to make conversation with uh, with Liz in the car, and she's just being incredibly cold. <laughs> um, so talking about the episode, Garth Marenghi. I've always loved the great tragedies. King Lear, The Poseidon Adventure, Superman 2, and when I wrote, directed, and starred in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, I set out to continue that grand tradition. This Eve's Yarn is a simple tale o heartbreak, an eternal story of love and loss set against the backdrop of an abortive alien invasion. Though you don't actually find out it's abortive till the end of the show. It's my Re Romeo and Juliet, but less whiny. Um... Dean Lerner, Garth is the most significant artist that I've ever worked with, and I've worked with Lulu and four other people. So we're talking creme de la creme. Um, <laughs> when they're in the car, Sanchez asks uh, Douglas what he's up to this weekend. He's busy. He asks Liz, um, uh, basically about dinner. He's not asking her out. He's basically just looking for ideas of what to eat. Um, Oh no, he's suggesting, sorry, he's suggesting dinner for Douglas, because Douglas is looking for ideas. So Sanchez goes, what I do sometimes, I get a tin of soup. Douglas says, yeah. Sanchez, heat it up, poach an egg in it, serve that with a pork pie sausage roll. Douglas is just like, well, I'll just get a wimpy then. Um, Liz, apparently she was in for a routine operation to have her toe shortened, which was really long, like a finger. The next thing she knew, this happened. All in all, she's just a little off colour. Um, what else have we got? Uh, da Daglas, it's taken her over. It's very infectious, Padre, and I fear the only way to stop this spreading would be to boil her. Padre, you could steam her. Uh, you'll know what to do. You're the most sensitive man I know, and I know God. Um... Uh, what else have we got? Reed saying, you're both out of line. Now I'm not going to stand here and dance for you. I don't have to. I want to see both of you in my office five minutes ago, so you'd best hurry up. Um, <laughs> Reed, look, Sanch, I know all about Linda and I'm sorry. God knows I am. But slapping Dag's ass about the shop ain't going to bring her back any. Now, if Dag thinks that the only uh, way to look, uh, only way to contain this is to boil her, then I'm backing him 110%. That means I could backtrack 10%. I'd still be completely behind him. Sanchez, you have no idea what this feels like, old timer. Reed, I've been there, hombre. When I heard my wife died, I could barely finish my lunch. 
Um, oh, dearie me. So that, I mean, that's, that is the show. It's an incredibly quotable show as I've kind of gone through a fair few. There's tens, tens of hundreds of thousands more quotes that I can't get to, but, uh, it's available on Peacock. It's available. You can rent it on uh, on Prime. It's available in the UK here for free on 4OD. Now, whilst the series was cancelled um, unceremoniously, and we were meant to get a film, but nothing ever happened with that, there was a continuation series of sorts. Um, it's not on 4OD, to my knowledge, which is a damn shame. I, fortunately, when I was cleaning out my father's loft when I moved and bought my flat uh, over here, I found the box set of this. I had the box set of uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and Man to Man with Dean Lerner. It was a six-episode series that was in 2006 on Channel 4, um, again starring Richard Iwadi as Dean Lerner, along with Matthew Holness returning in one episode of Garth Marenghi, along with a different character each episode. Um, <laughs> in the Garth Marenghi episode, which is hilarious, they're, they're all great, but that's probably the best one in the series. They talk about um, a kind of almost a follow-up film to Dark Place. It's not quite canon, but it's basically an attack of killer wasps um, attacking the city. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, but yeah, uh, hey, Jan, thanks for coming to the stream. Um, yeah, the box set is incredible. Like, Man to Man with Dean Lerner should go on 4OD. Again, it was put on, like, the late night period. Didn't get any advertising, really. So unless you knew about it, you wouldn't have seen it. But, I mean, the first episode is Garth Marenghi. Second episode is Steve Pissing. Um, or, yeah, and it's pronounced Pissing. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's an incredible part where they look at uh, Steve's new reality TV show with Dean Lerner called The Lerner. <laughs> it's it's brilliant. Um, Glenn Nimron, Merriman Weir, um, Amir Chanan, and Randolph Kerr. Um, I would definitely say give it a watch. Hunt it down. You can probably pick it up on eBay or Amazon. But uh, yeah, if you've got the box set, definitely give that a follow-up watch. Well, that is it for this week's episode. We kind of breezed through things. We only had six episodes to talk about. It wasn't like last week, uh, Resident Evil. We had like uh, a whole bunch, a whole gamut of games uh, to to discuss. Oh, I realize I've had the chat covered. Whoops. No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> we had a whole gamut of games to go through. But be sure to like the page, uh, you know, subscribe to the MOS network. Um, what else have we got coming up? So Thursday on uh, the podcast feeds and now also YouTube, uh, Bericles and Dave return with their new episode of Turner Years. Um, I believe throughout the week we'll be getting some gaming from Lawrence. Not sure it's going to be gaming at the moment. Might be Red Dead, not sure. I know he's looking for a, an RPG. Then Sunday, of course, is the Ministry of Slams, 7 p.m. UK time, 2 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be great, talking about uh, the the latest wrestling things. I've still got Raw to finish. It's been good so far. I'm about two-thirds through it. Uh, I got through it this morning. Um, and then next week we'll be returning. There will be no MOS gaming from me on Monday. Uh, like I said, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off the gaming because um, I do end up doing three stream nights in a row and that does that does end up taking up a bit of time you know you need to i need to focus on some accountancy boring studying stuff you know gotta, gotta put that first but i will be back to do some gaming in a few weeks haven't decided what whether it's horror um for moh gaming or whether it is 
you know, just non-horror. Like, I, I, I obviously a horror, huge horror fan. I'm a wuss with horror gaming, so if there's any suggestions you guys have, chuck it in the Discord. I do have What Remains of Edith Finch to play. I do also have Bus, Simu- Bus Driver Simulator 2022 to play. So there's quite a lot of things that I have available. I've got Game Pass as well, so I can download most things. Um, so let me know in there. Let's finish the poll while uh, while we're live, because I always forget, um, for the favourite Wes Craven film to celebrate his, his uh, birthday, RIP. Let's get those results on screen. Dun, dun, dun. So... Last place, Last House on the left, 5%. Uh, the Hills of Eyes, 15%. Scream, 31%. And the winner, Nightmare on Elm Street, 47%. Fran the Cannon, either Finch is interesting and short. Okay, so that could be a one-night stream, one and done, maybe. Um, I mean, for me, I generally like a good story in the game. Um, open world is fine as long as it has a good story. I do find things like Assassin's Creed and other things I like them to begin with, but I very much lose interest because i forget what the story is there's almost too much to do in those games but we'll figure something out um anyway we have obviously like i've mentioned uh memberships had a few new subscribers tonight which is awesome we have our memberships where you can unlock things um and one of the little little things you can unlock is emojis i'm just gonna chuck a whole bunch of emojis which include my dog the dog of horror bailey boops so Thank you very much for joining me for another episode of the Ministry of Horror. Also, make sure that you're doing your book club reading. I'm about 90 pages in already of Revival, uh, the Stephen King book. So probably in about three to four weeks, we'll be returning for the MOH book club. Um, And I will confirm probably in the week or at the weekend what next week's show is going to be about. Nothing locked in yet. Uh, I am talking uh, to potential guests uh, some returning ones. Um, and at some point, Gruff, I know we're both in a bit of an X-Files uh, binge at the moment. There is another show that we discussed that I think we should look at doing a future episode of. Um, but that does run the risk of going into another binge of another TV show. And uh, we have lives outside of TV. Um, <laughs> so we'll get to that. But anyway, thank you very much for watching. And uh, I will see you next time. <laughs>